Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. We're glad you're here with us again. Today, we're going to talk about, I feel like we need to have some ominous music with this. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the lure <laughs> of the victim mindset. Ah, uh, yes. It sounds more ominous than it really is. I think it's pretty ominous. Yeah. I mean, it can definitely create some problems Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we're going to talk about victim mindset. And I mean, even though people are genuinely victimized mm -hmm. by things and things happen to them that are absolutely not any fault of their own, mm -hmm. we're talking about mindset. We're not talking about whether somebody is truly, has truly been victimized or not. Right. Like that's not, in some cases, you know, there's really just no debate on that. Like if you mm -hmm. get mugged or if you get betrayed by someone- Mm -hmm. You know, you've, you've experienced something that you don't have any control over. Yeah. So the mindset though. So it does, yeah. It doesn't minimize like a reality. Yeah. But there are ways to handle circumstances like that. Yeah. I mean, no matter what happens to us, especially when things are not our fault, like things mm -hmm. happen to us, we need to know more than ever that we have the ability to choose and that we have the ability to mm -hmm. make a decision and like start to affect outcomes. Right. And it's kind of, I think the victim mindset it can be really seductive mm -hmm. because when you are, there is, this is going to sound crazy. There is a power in powerlessness. Oh yeah. That sometimes the powerlessness itself is what can garner some power, even though it feels powerful, but it, it's not the kind of powerful that goes anywhere. Right. Which is the problem. So it's the illusion of power, right? but it stays stuck. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember reading years ago in a book about the civil rights movement where the early leaders of the civil rights movement warned that community, black people, they were like, hey, like right now we are very much marginalized and, and being oppressed. And that, that's been happening for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. Like we've, we're definitely victims of this oppression. Mm-hmm. And they said at the same time, recognize that you will have a lot of power in this position and don't basically be tempted by it. Oh, and, and they were, yeah, they were, this was in the forties. This was the mentor to Malcolm X. Like they were, they were so concerned about the powerless becoming powerful and in like the powerlessness and not being able to give that up mm -hmm. because it was, it was just such a, such a position of, yeah, of, of just feeling like. But they were mostly worried that like someday when they started to get more rights, when they started to make some strides that they would then become dominant. Like they would just, mm. so this whole thing about power and powerlessness, the truth is, is that whatever happens to us, we have to be accountable and conscious about how we're reacting and responding to things mm -hmm. on either end of it. Whether, and that, that's mm -hmm. just the key. And that's where, where the victim mindset becomes an issue is right. how to handle difficult things that happen. Yep. Because taking on the victim persona will not create traction or growth or movement or 
it just will keep you in a nice little cesspool of victimhood. Yeah. So if you don't want to go anywhere, then it's a great place to be. And yeah, my experience in working with people that have been betrayed in relationships is that there is a period of time where they they genuinely feel powerless. They feel like something's just mm-hmm. happened to them. Something's been taken from them. I work with a lot of, of women who've been betrayed sexually. And so there's very much, you know, a shock, a trauma that reverberates through so many parts of their life everywhere. And there is that moment where they're like really wondering, you know, can I choose anything different? Can I have a different outcome? And there's also several moments in that where they have to recognize, so what am I going to choose now? Yeah. What am I going to do? I think that's different. Mm -hmm. I think having to acknowledge trauma, having to like come out of denial and accept things as they really are happening in real time Mm -hmm. and even like work sometimes through the steps of the grieving process, that, that kind of stuff, that is not just taking on the victim mindset. True. Those are all like healthy ways to deal with some really hard, challenging circumstances. Yeah. People need to get their balance. People need to get Mm -hmm. their bearings again. And Mm -hmm. that to me is, it's almost like at that point, so many people don't, when you really slow down and talk to them, they almost feel like, I don't know that I really even recognized I had a choice during that time. I was in survival mode. Right. I was overwhelmed. It was one foot in front of the other. And so that's a really normal period of time where you know, you would say that that person probably probably isn't able to really make a lot of really great decisions or think very clearly about what they need. Sure, sure. Which is all part of the process. Mm-hmm. It's when you start identifying as a victim and that becomes seductive. Let's talk about that. Where do, you, where do you think that happens? Where do you think from the moment something happens to you that let's say that wasn't your fault, mm-hmm. that wasn't something that you created? Where does the victim mindset, where does that, what does that look and feel like where somebody is like, they're staying in that place when they really have the option to not stay in that place from a mindset perspective? Where do you think that happens? Well, I mean, I think according to Albert Adler, it has to do with like, with your own taking responsibility for your own stuff. Okay. So when they're, when you are facing your own tasks, your own responsibilities, obligations, whatever, the things that all the rocks in the pack that belong to you and only you, that if you're not doing what you need to with those, right, and you're claiming that it's because you've been a victim, then that's where the problem lies. Yeah. When it becomes everybody else's mm-hmm. fault that you're not addressing what you need to address. Right. So really getting clear on like, what are your tasks? What are the other person's tasks? So in the case yeah. of rebuilding trust- Someone else being trustworthy is not going to be your task. No. That's going to be their task to show up and be trustworthy, but it will be your task at some point to decide if they're trustworthy. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. For you to to notice strides being made and like appreciate efforts mm -hmm. if they're if you have a sense that they're genuine and yeah. So when you start to get clear on like what are my tasks, what is this other person's task, whether it's your kids or whether it's your spouse or the neighbor or whatever, that's where the honesty comes in and it's like this one's mine. I have yeah. I have a responsibility to do something about that. Yeah. And I think sometimes that can be a little gray, but mm-hmm. much, much of the time we can all look at our stuff and go, oh, is this mine? Is mm-hmm. this something of mine that I'm avoiding? Right. Am I not taking care of this thing that's mine? And the things, you know, I mean, it can be a variety of things from 
avoiding an, a neighbor because they're too chatty and you don't want to talk to him to, <laughs> you know, not apologizing when you've said too much or not said enough or blown it somewhere like that. It just can be a variety of things. Mm-hmm. We just have to look at what is ours and live in congruently according to what we believe to be the best thing with what is ours. Well, and truthfully, I think that like mindset is always our task, our own personal mm, okay. mindset, right? Say more about that. That's like always that. our task. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about the famous example of Viktor Frankl in the concentration camp. You know, he, mm. he was, uh, I think he was Austrian psychiatrist who was, for those of you who don't know who Viktor Frankl is, he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning after he left the concentration mm-hmm. camp and survived just unspeakable conditions. But he, he was the one that really started to write about that there is a space between stimulus and response, that there is this place no matter mm-hmm. what. And because obviously everything had been taken from them, from him. Yeah. They had stripped him of everything, titles, their own names. You know, they were just tattooed with a number, food, shelter, everything. They were just being withheld in so many ways. And that's where he says, under those extreme conditions, he said he still knew he was responsible for his thoughts and what, yeah. like, what he focused on. Yeah. So he, even in an extremely victimized position, he maintained, like, he didn't use that victimhood as his power. He right. maintained, right. like, real power in that situation, which is just remarkable. It is. And I think, I think that having an example like him... I think really clarifies like the idea of we always can have a task to do no matter Mm -hmm. what's happening to us. Mm -hmm. So an example of a task Mm -hmm. would be this person has hurt me, but what do I believe to be the best way to interact with somebody who's hurt me Mm -hmm. like this? Right. You know, maybe I don't feel good about calling names. I don't feel good about being demeaning. Mm hmm or making comparisons. Maybe I can speak candidly, but respectfully. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I, and I want to go back to that kind of, I just call like a grace period where people are in survival mode, where there's been like a real shock and there's been a moment where you really can't think clearly. In my experience, there's not a lot of self-reflection going on in that space. No. There's not a lot of self-awareness. You're truly just trying to get to safety. Yeah. And I really do feel like most people will get a pass in that space. I mean, you might do things you regret. You might end up with making things a little bit harder for yourself. But I think at the moment that you realize that you're like, okay, what do I do now? That's when you come online and you really start to activate your ability to decide whether you're going to stay stuck in a victim mindset or not. Yeah. And that, like you said, that can be everything from what you just explained as far as how do I interact with people, everything from how am I going to take care of myself? Uh Am I just going to like let myself just fade away because I've been hurt so bad? Uh-huh. I mean, there's, there can be so much self-betrayal. There can be so much of under-functioning and other things like that. Mm-hmm. And this is a hard thing to talk about because our culture currently is swimming in victim thinking. And yeah, it is taboo to ask anything of a victim. Yeah. If somebody who's been victimized, like you don't ask anything of them ever. And I don't think, in my experience, people that are in the honesty of their hearts who are victimized by something, but the rest of their life, they were fully functioning healthy mm-hmm. people that were, when they get victimized, they hate feeling victimized. Sure. They hate, they hate the change. Like, I don't recognize myself. I hate feeling like this. I hate being like this. Well, those people are not going to adapt a victim mindset. Mm. Well, you can't maintain personal dignity no. as a victim. I mean, it, even though it seems to be powerful, like you are re- relinquishing your power, it's 
what everybody else is doing that is just determining that that you're in such a helpless position. Right. And you might have enablers and handlers and people that say to you, again, long after you're, you're out of that survival mode period where you really feel like your, your ability to see and choose and make choices about caring for yourself, about responding to others, when all that comes back online, you may have people that say, you're not responsible for that. You shouldn't have to whatever. Don't worry about that. Whether that's spending tons of money, whether that's like, you know, not taking care of yourself mm-hmm. or taking mm-hmm. care of your people, whatever. Yeah. Recognize that you may not be the only one giving yourself permission to stay in this victim mindset. There might be a lot of reinforcement around sure. you. Sure. That really doesn't allow you to be your best self, even mm-hmm. under tough conditions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we we know. Like we we know if we're gonna choose the numbing behaviors that they're just gonna numb. Yeah. At some point we'll come out of them and reality will still be waiting for us. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're feeling some irritation, frustration, or if you're hearing this and feeling like, okay, this is encouraging, hopeless, recognize your own response. Sure. Because there's some feedback in there for you. If you're feeling like this is unfair, you guys are missing the mark, people really are victims, et cetera. See if you can go back and listen to what we're saying and recognize that People that are truly victims of horrible situations still have the capacity to direct their lives. And we need to be able to do that. That is where our true freedom and peace, self-respect and healing Mm -hmm. is going to come from, is in knowing that we have the ability to self-determine and direct our lives, even if it's something as small as what I think. Yeah. And even though the distance from where I am right here to there might be immense, Mm -hmm. You only get there one step at a time. Oh, yeah. So just that next step is the only step you need to think about and the only step that you need to be conscious of making a good step. Mm-hmm. What is that next right thing? Right. And then once you take that step, then there will be a next right thing and you just keep moving in that direction. Right. And if you believe that your future depends on somebody else's choices, then that will create so much anxiety, that will create oh. so much fear, that will create so much powerlessness. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're talking about this because we want you and those you love, anybody who's been in this situation of being victimized to know that you can take back the ability to direct your life. Of course, there's a lot of things we can't control, but there are mm-hmm. so many things that we can influence and direct yeah. and shape and if you really truly believe that being victimized by someone else's choices means that you're at the mercy of someone else's choices the rest of your life, then that's a lot of fear to live in. Yeah. And and it doesn't have to be like that. No. Because that's not true. Right. That is just not true. So, I mean, I've, I've sat across from people in my career for decades, a couple, you know, 25 years and like really recognized that most people, if they really knew that they had a choice, if they saw areas where they could start choosing, they would take it. Yeah. Most people are like, what do I do? What do I do? They just don't know what to do. Sure. So I love what you're saying. Slow it down. Yeah. Recognize that there are choices that start with your thoughts and that you can move yourself out of a victim mindset. Yeah. It's totally possible. It is. Yeah. Well, I think that's good for today. Yeah. Sounds good to me. We'd love to hear what you think about it. Uh, You can find us on social media and Mm -hmm. and comment and respond to what you hear on the podcast. We love hearing from our audience. We do. And also, if you want to continue on with this discussion and lots of discussions like this, Mm -hmm. we are inside of our Connection Plus membership community. Yeah. We're having great discussions inside of there. 
where we go deep on certain topics and themes, mm-hmm. have additional recovery resources. It's a it's a home for relationship recovery. Yeah. Yeah, it is. We'd love to have you join us there. We have a, a community aspect and it's just a great place for us to engage and, and really do some more personal work on this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's where we're hanging out and mm-hmm. answering questions and interacting with everyone in there. So we'd love to have you inside there. You can find more information on that at connectionpluscommunity.com. And we also have a free course on the first steps of rebuilding trust that we've created. And you can get that for free in the show notes. There's a link to it. Yeah. And it's just uh, some great videos on how to deal with rebuilding trust, where to start, where to go. And we hope it'll be a great help and support to you in your recovery work. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah. We can't wait to see you back here next time. 